Welcome to the Fundamental Entrepreneur Podcast, where entrepreneurs come to be educated, enlightened, and empowered for success in their business pursuits. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Fundamental Entrepreneur Podcast. I'm your host, Darren Dallimore. I'm sure glad you could join us today. We have another excellent uh, podcast episode for you. We're going to be talking about business banking. And so today I brought a good friend of mine, someone that has associated, well, I've been associated with in the past um, to talk about business banking, uh, the aspects of, of banking with your business and different things like that. And so I want to welcome Caleb Demick to the episode. Caleb, thank you so much for being with us today. Happy to be here, Darren. Thanks for the invitation. Yeah, we're super glad to, that to have you here. And just, just so everyone is uh, kind of aware of your background, Caleb, I'm going to kind of just pick out some of the, the aspects of your, your bio you sent over, because I think it's important to, to provide some credibility to what we're going to be talking about today. Um, Caleb is currently uh, working for uh, the Bank of Idaho, which is a regional bank here in the great state of Idaho. He is the Senior Vice President of Retail and Commercial Banking. And I understand, Caleb, that with that uh, position, you work directly with the CEO of the bank uh, in driving loan deposit and income growth for the Bank of Idaho. Is that correct? Yeah, that's right. Awesome. It's been a, been a fun a fun ride. Uh, Jeff Newgard is our CEO, a uh, good leader and, and a caring guy. He really cares about small businesses. Yeah. And I share that passion. And so this opportunity uh, was kind of a natural fit. I'm excited to to lend any help we can to, to our small business uh, partners out there. Yeah, small businesses. Uh, I'm a small business. Uh, I, I work with small businesses. They are the backbone of this country. They make all the difference in the world. And so, yeah, I, I appreciate that. And I'm excited to to dive into your knowledge of, of small businesses from the banking standpoint. And prior to Bank of Idaho, um, Caleb, you were with Wells Fargo. Uh, you spent three years managing their business relationships and lending in the East Idaho area. Uh, you also have worked with another regional bank, DL11s, uh, prior to Wells Fargo. So you do have a breadth of knowledge in the banking realm, and that's why you're here today. <laughs> We're tapping into that knowledge and that information. And so everybody, if you have the ability to um, get a pen and paper, write some stuff down, uh, this is going to be a great topic that we're going to cover today. And, you know, Caleb, as as Danielle and I, who are my partner, Danielle and I, as we were talking about this, uh, this aspect of business banking, it, it is for some, it seems like, oh, well, no, duh, it's an easy it's an easy thing to think about. But there's really a lot that comes with business banking and there's a lot of different aspects of it. Am I safe to say that? Oh yeah, yeah, um, and it's and it and it actually helps a business owner to be familiar with uh, different aspects. They don't have to know all the details. That's why they have nerds like myself, right? That really enjoy this sort of thing and like to get to know it. But to be familiar with what types of tools, at least generally speaking, are out there, is is helpful. Then you kind of know 
that, man, there is something out there that can help me with this particular problem. And there's an expert out there at one of the many banks to choose from that probably knows how to help me. Yeah. Yeah, no, and that's great. And so we're going to dive into some stuff. And I, I think how we're going to start is let's just start with the basics is as somebody starts their business, as somebody's looking to get a business started, why is it so important to create or set up a business bank account separate from their, their individual account? Why, why is that such a critical as, a step in the business setup yeah. process? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, you, you know, being an accountant, Darren, you understand this. A lot of it is for an accounting uh, uh, reason. So just to keep things separated from your normal day-to-day living expenses, and then also having your business account and all of those expenses and the things that go into your business uh, separated. It, it makes it easier when, when tax time comes along <clears throat> to be able to just download those statements and give those to your CPA um, as you're dealing with your business. Or if you're doing your own taxes, um, you can keep two separate shoe boxes instead of just one, right? <laughs> yeah, uh, exactly. So that makes it a little, <laughs> a little better. Um, the other reason is uh, you can actually set those accounts up under your specific business name so that instead of being called Caleb's account for his business, it can be called, um, you know, Caleb's business LLC and, uh, and and it's official and you're actually setting it up under its own EIN instead of your own personal social security number. Uh, and, and the other part is on the banking side, banks require that if you do set up a business account, uh, under your business name as filed by the state, it has to be a, a business account. It can't be a, a consumer-oriented account. Um, that There is an exception to that if you're a sole proprietorship. You can open a personal account under your own social security number and your name and use that as your business account. The, the difference will be that it won't be officially named uh, that business name. It will just be under your personal name. Um, but you could get away with it. So uh, really to keep it cleaner and more consistent, it's better just to open a business account. Awesome. Yeah, and I, I, and I hadn't thought of that before, Caleb, your comment about, you know, if you do actually register a business with the state or, you know, an LLC, a corporation, the requirement that you do have to have a, a separate account under an EIN rather than just your personal name, um, that, you know, I think a lot of people need to, to understand that, that they're, if you do go that route of actually a form, forming a, an official legal entity, that there is that requirement out there to make sure you, you know, uh, do that and not just think you can create another personal account and run everything through that. So uh, that's a good point. Um, so with this, with this idea that, you know, business having a separate bank account helps keep things cleaner, separate and everything, you know, the next thing people are going to ask, well, what do I need to do to go set up an account? What, what, is, what, are, what are the steps? What's the documents? What, what do I need to have when I, when I show up at a bank to, to set up a business account? Yeah, no, another good question. Kind of the natural next steps is, okay, well, I need a business account. So what kinds of information do I need to open that particular account? Um, the, the first and most important thing is pretty simple. It's your driver's license. You want to make sure that it's uh, not expired. There's nothing more fun than sitting down in front of your banker. You finally get the time to do it, and then you kind of find out your stuff's expired and they can't help you anyway. So check, double check that. 
Um, if you're going to have your, your spouse uh, on that account, it's nice to go in together, but it's not required. The bank can open an account for you and uh, put your, your spouse's name in there as a placeholder, and then they can come in later to sign or they can even add them after the fact. So we have some flexibility there. Uh, when it's a business account, a lot of times you're dealing with other partners. So it's not always your spouse. Maybe there are other business partners. Same kind of thing. You can go in and get that process started. And then your partners can kind of file in as they have time and uh, meet with that banker and, and, uh, and get that account finalized. Um, one thing that you'll want is the Secretary of State uh, is the entity, the state organization that helps you kind of file the business documentation. So you'll have what's called a certificate of good standing. You'll have articles of incorporation if you're an LLC or a corporation. Um, you'll have a partnership agreement if it's a general partnership. <clears throat> you want to make sure that you have that documentation available, whether it's filed through the state and you can just pull it up on the internet and download it publicly. Or if that's not on the internet, you'll want to bring a copy of your articles of organization um, uh, company bylaws, things like that, kind of your official business documents, bring along with you for the bank to, uh, uh, to, to have. They'll usually just scan a copy um, for their own records and, and probably even be able to give that back to you. So those are a couple things. Um, as far as uh, driver's license, sometimes that's not, you know, immediately available, or maybe you have a passport that is uh, uh, current, you can use those as well, of course. And that's very similar to opening an account for yourself personally. They just want to be able to identify you and each of your partners individually, and then be able to identify your business as a legal entity. Sorry, my screen just flicked out there. Uh, <laughs> as a legal entity recognized in the state. Um, so that's uh, that'd probably give you a, a really good start. Um, to, uh, to, getting, to getting what you need. And then of course, you'll wanna think through and even discuss with your banker what kind of structure you want. Some folks have a lot of accounts. They have a payroll tax account. They have um, a, an account just for their operating expenses. Then they, maybe they have a savings account where they wanna be putting money away for a capital purchase of some kind. That is available and flexible and you'll wanna discuss that with your banker the other good thing for a business owner to know, if I was in your shoes, I'd want to go on the cheap, right? Especially if you're just starting out a new business and there are free business accounts available at most banks. They, they offer that in order to be competitive. And the way they typically work is if you keep it under a certain number of transactions, meaning like writing out a check or running a, uh, a debit card, for example, and usually that number is anywhere from a couple hundred to, to maybe three or four hundred, um, they will maintain that free status. And then if you start to get over that number of transactions, you can start to incur a fee. So again, ask your banker, tell them that you're wanting a free account. And in most cases, they'll be able to, to, to guide you to the right um, setup to where you don't have to be paying a lot of costs. Awesome. And so I've got two follow-up questions because you, I, you know, as I was thinking, you're talking about partners here and, and in this day and age, I mean, you know, we could have a partner that lives in another state or something like that. I mean, talk about that a little bit, Caleb. I mean, how would that work? I mean, do you need to go find a national bank to do that kind of work? Or can you still, maybe you have a local regional bank or credit union you like to work with and they're they're out of state. What uh, what would you recommend to someone in that, that situation? 
Yeah, good question too. Uh, we run into that. And funny, banks are so traditional and banks aren't really known to be on the cutting edge of technology, unfortunately, uh, but we're getting better. Um, DocuSign is becoming more of a commonplace thing that you'll find in most banks. Uh, you'll have the little signature where you can sign electronically and it will, it will take a picture of that and transfer it over onto your signature cards on the bank. <clears throat> and so, no, it doesn't just have to be a national bank. Of course, it'll be in a lot of cases easier to facilitate things like that if you have a bank with uh, branches out of state, but not a requirement by any means. <clears throat> we take care of those kind of needs com commonly and uh, where we have borrowers out of state. And a lot of times, um, if we have to, we can have folks go into um, a title company. We can mail documents, even overnight documents if they're time sensitive, directly to your home with a, you know, a, a, a prepaid uh, postage back so that you just sign the document, put it back, get in the mail and we can get it back quickly. So we'll definitely work around what your uh, time needs are <clears throat> to facilitate and make sure that you get what you're, what you're looking for. Yeah. And I, and I think that's important. I, you know, and as I think about that too, you know, I think the biggest thing is, is if you've got a bank in mind, it's it's probably just important to, to reach out to them maybe before you show up so you can come prepared and know what that's going to entail and maybe talk to them and say, hey, I do have something out of state or this is what's going on. And they can kind of say, well, OK, we need to make sure this and this is taken care of before you show up. Save everybody time, save everybody, you know, headache of uh, returning back and having, you know, back and forth stuff. And so. That's good to know, Caleb. And, and and you talk about, you know, talking with your banker about your needs and and what what you're kind of anticipating with your banking needs. And I think that's important that you communicate that right up front, because if you don't, then you may get hit with some products you don't want. And so let's talk about that, Caleb. Let's talk about some of maybe some of the products that are out there that you know, some people may not know that they need this or, or that's available to them. Um, so let's maybe address some of those. What are some business banking options? What are some things that are available to a uh, person that wants to set up a business bank account and maybe some other options that, that they can use in, in the banking realm? Yeah, great. Um, and one little detail, Darren, that I'll mention, I probably forgot this because I wasn't thinking about it. When you go to open an account for your business, one of the primary things that you'll need is your EIN. Um, I don't want to leave that out because it's actually a different process to get it. You go through the state to file your business name and, and get that process. But to get your EIN, it's actually a call, um, you know, through the, through the IRS, through the Social Security Administration. Um, so, and I don't even know if those are the same departments. I, I don't know my way around the federal government very well. But you will, you will get an EIN much the same way that you will get a social security number. And so it is a separate process that you'll want to make sure you, you don't forget to do. It's not very hard. It's not difficult. It's just a separate step. And so once you get that EIN given to you, bring that number with you um, for the bank to, uh, to input. That's, a, that's another required piece of information. So to your question, um, yeah, common products. And, and, and a good banker... Um, you know, I can brag on Bank of Idaho for a moment, but we, we try to train our employees to take a minute at the, at the beginning of every transaction with a customer. And instead of just 
telling you all the fancy things that we can do, which happen to be just like every other bank, we actually want to take time to ask you what your goals are. What is it that you want to accomplish? Um, how is it that you do your business? So we, we ask those questions so that we can figure out exactly what you're saying, Darren. What kind of information, what kind of products or what kind of services really are going to benefit this, this business owner? Um, and if they, the banker doesn't ask, that's okay. You tell them. You tell them what kind of things that you're going to be doing. Um, you're going to be operating out of a building that you want, that you'd like to buy, or maybe you're going to lease. You're going to be using equipment of this type or another. You're going to maybe need some help purchasing some equipment. You're going to have payroll, the people that you're going to pay, and you're going to need to maybe have financing or a line of credit, uh, some way to make sure that you have money to pay these people and to keep the lights on. That kind of information is helpful to a banker so that we can begin to customize um, a, a suite of products that will fit. Um, not everybody needs the same stuff. And heaven forbid you want to be paying for something that you're not going to use, especially as you're trying to get your business up and running. Uh, we, you want to keep it lean, and we understand that as a bank. Uh, you may even find that packaging services together can save you money. Uh, there, you know, some banks, they'll, if you have deposits at the bank and you are using other services that we'll go over, can actually qualify you for lower loan rates or better financing options uh, than if you were just getting a loan and nothing else. Um, so specifically, some of those products uh, on the, on the there's, there's a business banking suite of products and there's kind of this commercial lending world. So there's kind of two different facets to, to, to your business relationship with the bank. The business banking piece is kind of how it sounds. It is the day-to-day -day money in, money out banking that you do in owning a business. It's you're cashing checks, you're depositing, you're taking um, payments from customers and you're transferring those into your account. So this is, we're gonna go, kind of go over those products first. So first of all, there's a thing called sweep accounts. Uh, sweep accounts are, uh, they basically take money from a central operating account and they sweep it out and can store it into savings accounts. Uh, or even onto loans uh, so that you're not paying as much interest. They can do that nightly. Um, and so at the, if, if you find that you pay it, you write a check and your, your sweep account only has a, a $1 balance, <clears throat> that sweep account will automatically sweep money from your line of credit or from your savings account into your checking account to cover that payment so that you don't overdraft. So it's really a service to you to make your your day-to-day -day banking an easier process to make sure that you're not having to pay overdraft charges for, for overdrawing your account. Uh, cash management is represents kind of a, a group of products within business banking. That can cover anything from ACH payments if you're trying to pay payroll without having to write checks and you just wanna direct deposit directly into someone's account. Uh, cash management can do that through ACH. Uh, you also have other products like um, bill pay, where online you're paying bills instead of, again, writing out checks and mailing them. You have wire transfers. Uh, nowadays, even a small community bank like us uh, allows our customers to send a wire um, over their own desktop so they don't have to go into the bank. They don't have to get on the phone and go through a lengthy process. They can initiate that on their own computer. Uh, we issue a FOB 
that has a little code on it that changes uh, every few minutes. And that's how you log into your business banking. And, and again, most banks offer this. So it's not just uh, not just our bank. Uh, we even offer uh, a lot of banks now offering Zelle or Venmo, where you have ways to um, kind of almost through uh, a social channel, uh, route cash back and forth to individuals with just a phone number uh, or an email address. So it makes it really easy to get people paid or to receive payment from people. Another product that you've heard or maybe seen is remote desktop capture. That's just the ability to scan a check from your desk. And then that check is automatically deposited into your account. And you can do one check, you can do multiple checks, and they have different machines based on how many uh, checks you anticipate uh, running through. And a lot of times the banks are willing to waive most or all of the costs um, for that service because of your other deposit um, services that you're using. Mobile deposit by your cell phone. So you can take a picture of a check on your cell phone and you can deposit it right into your account. Uh, I personally use that quite often. Uh, it's, 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 it's convenient, especially if you're not making a daily run to the bank. And again, it, if you have a lot of checks, that might be a pain, but if you have a few, even if they're a little larger, you can usually arrange to, to increase those limits with your bank. And, and what I've seen is with COVID, a lot of banks have increased their limits just, just to make it easier. Um, business credit cards, that's just a great way to make money flow easier. You can uh, qualify for a, a credit card that is specifically for your business. And then you can assign additional users so that maybe some of your key staff have their own business credit cards that they can use. And they all flow up to one central limit. And then that uh, typically the expectations that limit is paid off monthly. You can earn points just like you can on a personal card. Uh, Cashback cards, they have various options that are competitive and you can explore that with your banker as well. Uh, merchant services, the last service I would mention, uh, there may be others, but just to keep it brief here, merchant services is the ability to process credit card payments. So if you provide a service and you need to be paid and the customer doesn't have cash or a check, they can run a credit card and you have your own machine. You've seen that with Square, uh, with more of the traditional kind of swipe machines that you get. They have various options that you can choose based on kind of the way that you're doing business. And they typically just charge a percentage of each transaction. And it depends based on your volume and how many transactions you do that you can qualify for different rates. And I would suggest that you pick a couple different companies and, and get a quote. Your bank will have an option and another bank will have a different option. And it's okay to shop around a little bit. There's a lot of providers out there. The benefit to going through your bank for a merchant provider is that that merchant provider is usually licensed specifically to your bank. So they're kind of captive and they take good care of you because they know that you're their bank's customer. So they try to make it a little more seamless for you from a customer experience standpoint. And a lot of times you can benefit from, again, a little bit of a discounted rate because you have a relationship with that bank. So there are some advantages to uh, to seeing what your bank has to offer. No, those are, I mean, that's uh, yeah. a lot of options, a lot of options out there. It's, it's, it's a different world than, you know, 10 years ago. I mean, it, it really is. There's so many different options. Who knew about Zelle? Who knew about 
Venmo back then and all these other things that 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 are available. And, and I think the biggest takeaway as I was listening to you, Caleb, is, is, you know, as you look at these options, I love what you said before. Make sure your banker understands your needs. Make sure you well, first, you got to understand your needs a little bit. Maybe explain what your business is and what's going on. Help them understand what you're doing so that they can then provide the right products for you. Um, that's so important. And I think the other thing that I, as, as you spoke, Caleb, and thinking of all these different services, is don't hesitate to, to ask fees, charges, nego- you know, say, hey, if I do this, can we lower the fee here? Negotiate if they can. Um, and, and, you know, I heard one person tell me a bank's a business too. And if, if they're not willing to work with you, then maybe that's not the bank for you. You need to go somewhere else that will, will service you the right way. Um, but no, those are great points. Anything else you would add on, on that line, Caleb, about just finding that right bank for you? Well, I, I think a, a good banker, um, will actually help you figure out needs that maybe you don't even know that you have. Uh, so it's a lot to expect a, a business owner to come in. They've already got all of this stuff they're worried about, you know, how they're going to sell their product, how they're going to get their financing, or if they're going to do it themselves, where they're going to be located. They're not going to have time to really worry about, hey, do I understand and know all of the different services that this bank has to offer? So a good banker will really, again, take time to learn about you, take an interest in you individually, and ask you questions about, how your business is going to run? How are you? How are you going to pay your employees? Uh, how are you going to receive payments from your vendors? How are you going to pay your suppliers? All of those questions become really relevant, and they'll make you think about, yeah, well, how is this going to work? And then that banker may uncover a way or a need that you just hadn't even uncovered yet, and that's where you kind of know that you have a partner rather than just kind of a guy that just wants to push a product and 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 get your money in the bank and, and charge you a fee. Uh, there, there are differences there. So again, that doesn't always necessarily mean it's a, it's a community bank or a large national bank or even a credit union. Um, all of those serve a really important purpose. And that's what's great about competition is it makes us all better. But banking, and, and we have a tagline here at our bank that people bank with people and uh, more so than with products or with name brands. And so find that person that you kind of gel with uh, that really uh, uh, takes an interest um, personally in what you're trying to do and maybe even show some empathy, right? That, man, I bet you're you're pretty inundated right now trying to start your business. Let me see if I can take some of that load off. If you can find, a, uh, I think, a banker that will kind of get down in the trench with you a little bit, you're going to find that the level of service uh, will be enhanced because they're kind of trying to fight the battle with you. Uh, that's that's what I really enjoy about customer uh, experiences. Being a banker is I have a lot of respect for business owners that take this on. I mean, it's a it's a daunting thing to start your business, and so I, I feel like um, business owners sometimes feel lonely at the top. Uh, they're the only guy or gal kind of fighting for what they're uh, wanting to do, what their livelihood is going to be. And so I figure if we can be a resource, if we can be another uh, just kind of advocate for them, they're benefiting from that uh, a little bit. 
So yeah, look for a partner. And uh, when you do find one, uh, boy, stick with them because uh, I, I think that's a, that's a good banker right there. Yeah, I love that advice. Yeah, I think that's great. Look for a partner. I, I, you cannot go wrong when you have someone that's going to partner with you and, and make it work uh, for you. That's what they're there for. And I, so I love that, Caleb. Thank you. Um, I want to dive into uh, a little bit on the lending side a little bit, because I know that that can be something that, you know, new entrepreneurs or even current entrepreneurs, something they may run into in their business, the need for additional capital through lending. And so let's talk about that. But I am, I am going to say this to everybody that's listening. We are going to go a little over our 30 minute limit here of what we've said. And I apologize, but I don't want to leave this topic undiscussed because I think so many people have questions around lending. And since we've got Caleb, who's very experienced in this area, uh, here to share his valuable, valuable information about business banking, especially as it relates to lending, let's let's make sure we dive into that topic. So again, I apologize. We will run a little long on this episode, but bear with us, stay with us, because I think we got some value valuable information to share on lending. So let's, with that being said, let's dive into that, Caleb, a little bit. Let's talk about business banking and, and the lending aspect, the other side of it, rather than, like you said, the day-to-day transactional stuff. I think maybe a high-level overview of kind of the lending options that are available so that people, again, we don't want, our purpose here isn't to educate to every little detail about each option but high level so that when they walk into a bank, knowing they need some lending, they've, they've, they've got an understanding of, okay, this is what I might, might need and can explain their situation. And, and then when they hear, oh yeah, you need this, hopefully this information we share in this podcast will help them go, yep, I remember somebody talking about that. That sounds like what I need. So let's go over that, Caleb. Talk about high level yeah. lending options for, for uh, businesses. That's great. And I think you framed it really well, Darren, that our business owners do not need to know the ins and outs of all the loans the bank has to offer. They'll get to know that as they become borrowers. Really, what you need to know is that there are a few just core just structures. There's a line of credit that basically is like a credit card. You have a limit. You can use that back and forth as much as you want. As you pay it down, the, the money goes to pay down the principal and any interest outstanding you only pay on what you borrow. You can have a line of credit with a zero balance and maybe just pay a fee to renew it each year. And a lot of people do that just for emergency or security reasons. That's really for your payroll and take care of your operating of your business. And that's what those are used for primarily. Agriculture, farmers use those to harvest their crops, pay the bank back at the end of the fall when they sell their crop. That's how a line of credit works. Term loans are used for a lot of different things. Anytime you need to purchase something expensive, a building, a piece of equipment, uh, you need to add on or or remodel and it's gonna be significant costs, banks can help. They have a term loan set like a car loan. You have a a large balance that that you get from the bank to pay that expense and you pay that loan off monthly or quarterly or sometimes even annual payments with a set interest rate and that payment goes first to interest and then pays the remaining principal. And you usually have a set number of payments, whether it's 60 payments, 240 payments. Commercial lending, what you'll see with, especially with real estate, is the longest kind of loan that you're going to find are usually going to last anywhere from 10 to maybe 20 years. We don't like to go out too long because 
we hold that loan on the books at the bank the whole time. Whereas a mortgage, like for your home, you can sell it on a secondary market and they can, they're okay having outstanding for 30 years. So commercial loans are a little shorter term. Um, the other uh, kind of, I guess, structure would be anything unsecured that is pretty, can be pretty flexible. And that could be anything from bridge financing. If you have a, a business that you're selling, a, a building, and you want to buy another building, a bank can give you a temporary loan to buy that building and then we'll, we'll be paid off with the sale from the other building. Um, that's perfectly acceptable. Uh, unsecured lending where you don't need any collateral. We'll just give you a loan on your name. A lot of times that requires some cash in the bank, a good credit score and a relationship with that bank to qualify for unsecured. The benefit there is it's really quick and easy. Uh, the rates are sometimes a little higher, but if you like, if you just need money quickly, uh, an unsecured loan is a way to go. Uh, the other thing I would mention is just there are a lot of programs out there to help business owners get better access to financing. So you may have heard of the SBA, which is a division, it's an agency of the government. Um, they provide a guarantee to the bank, so the bank will be more comfortable doing a loan to a business that might have some inherent weakness. Maybe they're a new business. Maybe they uh, don't have a lot of collateral. Um, maybe uh, business owners don't have a lot of management experience, and so they're just kind of still getting to know the industry. Sometimes a bank will reach out and get an SBA guarantee to, to help that happen. It's all for your benefit because it helps the bank say yes. Uh, USDA is another program uh, offered to anyone from farmers to businesses in rural areas. Uh, the FSA is for farmers. There is a collateral support program that actually helps if you're short on collateral, the bank takes a deposit from the state and then we turn around and lend to you on that money that the state deposits in your behalf. Really cool program and we use it quite often. So again, you just tell the banker what you need and it's up to the banker to tell you maybe the best few ways to get there uh, and, and ask for options. I'd like a plan A and a plan B. Give me a couple of things that I can compare to to see what works best or what one would be best for me and my business. I like that. No, and, the, and each, each one has their different uses. They each have their different pros and cons. Each of these lending options are, are um, should be there to help you succeed. And so I like what you said, Caleb, you know, explain to your banker what it is, have them come up with some options, two to three, and, and, and I think, you know, again, this is one of those areas you mentioned this earlier. Uh, don't be afraid to shop around when you talked about merchant services, you know, go and, and, and see what the best is out there. And, and, and would it be safe to say, don't always feel like you've got to, um, you know, it, the, the fees and everything don't, it, they may be just comparable um, or pretty close. Don't always just go with the cheapest option. Make sure you're going with the option that's going to service you the best. Is that safe to say? Yeah. And I've seen business owners do it to the different ways. Sometimes it is a race to the bottom. Everybody just, if you have a business owner and they just want the best rate, they'll, if they pit two or three, four banks against each other, they will get the lowest rate possible. What you're not really sure of is what kind of service you're getting. Cause a lot of some banks will just choose to buy business. They'll say, hey, we want this deal. Do whatever you need to do to get it. We'll, we'll dip below our cost of funds and we'll buy this deal. But you, again, 
you don't make sure you just know the banker that you're getting involved with. Um, what I found is more effective is to find again that relationship with that banker. Make sure that that you're keeping that banker honest. Let them know that hey, I'm shopping your deal. I, I want to do business with you, but I also want to know what's on the market. And that banker, if they want your business, they may not be the lowest, but they'll keep it close. And if you're only paying a few basis points difference to get the guy or gal that you trust and knows your business and cares about you, I would say that's money well spent. Uh, the relationship is worth a bit of a difference in rate and fee. But again, it's all negotiable. So it doesn't hurt at all to, 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 to push back on your bank banker and ask them if they can't do any better. Oh, I like that. No, good advice. And it's important. And so um, just as owners, you're in the driver's seat. It's your business. Um, if your banker's sitting with you, they're going to help you drive and they're going to be accommodating to your needs and, and help you the best they can. And if it, if it's a close tie, man, yeah. Relationships, business is about relationships. It really is. It truly is. So I uh, love that, Caleb. Thank you. I want to touch one last thing about, you know, people ask this question of me all the time. How do I qualify to, for lending as a, a business owner or as a business? Um, is it the business that qualifies? Is it the owner? Um, you know, what, what is, how does that work? How do you build, I guess I've even had to ask business credit. You know, we have our personal credit. Does a business have credit that they can loan off of or get borrowing from? I mean, talk about that a little bit, how that works and, and how you can qualify for lending. Yeah, that's a great question. Um, and one that we get a lot. So if the business is brand new, we are, you really are qualifying for that loan more individually, more personally, you and the partners that are involved, the bank's going to look harder at your own personal assets and your income outside of the business, because right now that business doesn't generate any income. So if you're contemplating quitting your job and starting a business, it might be better if you can swing it, keep your job, start the business, try to do both as long as you can handle it. And then once your business starts making money and gets some history behind it, go ahead and phase out of your job. Uh, that's a more safer approach as long as you can keep uh, keep your family intact while you're trying to juggle both. The, right? the sanity of everybody's, you know, yeah. <laughs> that's right. And I'm not saying that's the only way we see business owners that just dive in both feet. And that's where the respect comes in because that is, it takes courage to do that, but it does work. Um, the other thing is uh, once the business has, let's say you have an existing business and you're just wanting to go in and get financing, we, the bank will consider, first of all, that the business can support itself. If the business can pay its own expenses and pay the cost of the debt that you're, that you're going to take on with a reasonable margin, let's say for every dollar and 25 cents your company makes, you've got a, a, a dollar in cash to pay that debt, that's a, that's a safe way to kind of say the bank is going to be comfortable. Um, if you, uh, if, again, we look at combined. So we'll look at your personal ability to kind of back the business up if it goes into a dry spell. So do you have other sources of income? Do you have a good savings account? Uh, that all kind of matters. And of course, credit score. We really look at personal credit score because you're still paying all of those bills, all of those debts through your individual name in most cases. So business credit in and of itself is really composed of five C's of credit 
that are very, some are subjective, some are kind of objective, but it's, it's really kind of derived by the bank. It, there's not a formal company out there other than maybe Dun & Bradstreet that gives you any kind of a business credit score. And, and a lot of banks don't really subscribe to DMB. So it doesn't, it's not as meaningful as a FICO. So you want to keep your FICO clean as best you can. And then the, the five C's, I'll go through those quickly. Um, conditions, economic, if conditions are good, sometimes a little easier to get a loan. Or if your business makes a lot of sense in whatever economic climate you're in. Uh, capital, so your equity in the business, banks will look at that. Collateral, what kind of uh, collateral you have, if it'll help shore the bank up, if it's real estate, that's the best. If it's accounts receivable, that's a little tougher. Uh, capacity, what's your cash flow? Are you able to make enough money to pay your debt? That's a primary one. And of course, character, that's kind of points to your FICO score. Are you honest? Do you, um, you know, come through on your obligations? Um, are you the type that's going to try to run when the bank comes knocking for a payment? Or are you going to stand up and say, yeah, I know I owe you. Let's work together and let's figure this out. Um, those, those five things are going to be key in determining if you're credit worthy or not. And the banks are going to ask for your information, your tax returns, your personal financials, your personal taxes, your profit and loss and balance sheets. It's kind of a pain to have your accountant help you uh, to get that together. And then the bank will make a decision and hopefully be transparent with you if, as to why they gave you a yes or a no. Then you kind of know what you're good at and you also know what you can work on. So it can also be a learning experience and a, and a way to improve your business going through the, the loan uh, transaction process. Okay, awesome. No, that's some good information. I want to touch on one other thing, Caleb, real quickly that a lot of people may not understand is that, you know, you talk about this lending on, a lot of times it's based upon your, your personal self as the owner, your personal credit score, different things like that. A lot of times banks will ask for what's called a personal guarantee uh, for for lending. Touch on what that is and what that means real quickly so people can understand what they're, you know, in general, what they're signing when they're signing a personal guarantee. Yeah, sure enough. You know, we had a, a group of customers come in and be a focus group for us one time. We we're developing a product. And the first thing they said about our product that we made for them was, don't be, don't, don't speak bank to us. Like talk to us like we talk. And uh, that's kind of an idea of like a personal guarantee. So basically what a personal guarantee means is, are you going to put your money where your mouth is? Are you going to invest in your business? Like the, like you're asking the bank to. So if the bank is signing on the bottom line, Hey, we're going to give you this money and we expect to be paid back. We expect you to sign on that same bottom line with us. So that's what a personal guarantee is, your personal promise that you're going to repay the bank. And, and just like the bank is promising to give you the money uh, to, to go and do whatever you're trying to do for your business. Some, some business owners will say, I don't want a personal guarantee. I want the bank to take it and the business is responsible and I don't want to be personally responsible. Well, sometimes banks will do that. But a lot of times we feel like, well, if the business owner isn't willing to sign on the bottom line and really put their foot to the fire like the bank is, well, we don't, that doesn't feel like much of a partnership for us. So that's why there's such an emphasis on having a personal guarantee when you, when you come in and apply for a loan. Okay. So someone in that, like you said, people come in and say they don't want a personal guarantee. Um, 
I guess, should they be pushing that? I mean, from my standpoint, I'm going to tell you right now, Caleb, as, as an accountant, I'm always going to tell them don't sign personally because I know what that means. But um, and so, you know, we got my opinion and your opinion. What what would you say to someone that's wanting to push hard for no personal guarantee? What I mean, I think you've addressed it. It's basically indicating that, well, you're not willing to commit to the to our your business success, just like we're trying to commit to it as a bank. I mean, am I saying that wrong, or is there any other? No, yeah, and you're fine, Darren. I think uh, again, you're being an advocate for your customers, right? By saying, "Hey, don't don't get yourself into any more risk than you need to be." Uh, you know, that's why we have LLCs, right? We limit our liability, and you can limit your liability by not signing a personal guarantee. That's totally true. The reality, though, is that when you try to go in, especially as a small business owner and qualify for a loan, um, 99.99% of any bank, any institution out there will require and expect a personal guarantee. And what will happen is you'll say, if you do go in and say, I don't, I'm not comfortable doing that, uh, the, bank, the banker will be nice and say, well, okay, we'll, we'll see what we can do. And at the end of the day, if you do get your commitment letter that says, hey, we're going to approve you for this loan, and the conditions of that approval are, one, we need a personal guarantee. Otherwise, we just won't do the loan. Um, so that, that's really just the reality, the market reality of, of commercial lending is that if you want a loan from a bank for your small business, you will sign a personal guarantee. And the way that that uh, affects you, again, this is a little bit beyond the scope, but it, it, does, it does open you up to, um, in the event of, of liquidation, if the bank is not satisfied their debt, they can look to you personally to help satisfy that debt. Now, I will say the bank isn't interested in having yard sales. And so if it's not just satisfied with savings accounts or equity in real estate or something more tangible, the bank will usually write off that that balance that is left outstanding. Um, I don't speak for every bank, obviously, but um, we we do try to work with the borrower to to kind of get as much as is feasible, and then understanding we may take a haircut as well uh, if the investment goes bad. So that's a little bit more of the, the this part that we don't like to think about is if we have a loan go bad. Um, but I can say that my experience it's better when banks try to work with their borrowers and come to a kind of an agreement rather than uh, slapping a judgment and just continuing down that road. It's expensive and it usually doesn't yield uh, much fruit that way and creates a lot of bad blood, right? We, we want to be a, a resource to, to customers and not just a big bad guy if we have to come and collect. So, right. And again, I think that goes back to what you've, we've talked about earlier, this idea of a relationship with your banker. I mean, nobody wants to think they're going into business to end up eventually going bankrupt or liquidating or having, you know, financial distress in the business, but it's a reality we all have to face. And so if you have that relationship with the banker, you know, you can hopefully work through that in a much more satisfactory way than if you go with just some other place that doesn't know you, they may be a little more cutthroat on how they get their pound of flesh as it's called, you know, so I think that's an important aspect to think about. Yeah, I think that's great. You know, that's would be maybe one parting comment I would share, Darren, is 
uh, just an overall theme of, of, of as you as you business owners are looking to start a banking relationship is find someone that you can communicate with and your banker may move around. And so you may want to get to know, you know, other people within that organization, but that the theme for you having a successful banking relationship with any bank, regardless of who you're dealing with is communication. If you communicate openly and honestly with your bankers, um, even when times aren't great, even when the news isn't great, if you just maintain an open communication with your bank, you will, you will have a more positive experience uh, in, regardless of the circumstance. And it may not always be ideal, but it would be a, it's going to be a whole lot better than if you try to um, kind of withhold or not tell the whole story or, or butter it up a little more than maybe it is. And then your banker is really surprised when the financials come back. Um, so just be open. I know sometimes that's hard because you're, you're, you're not wanting to admit you had a bad quarter, but um, we've seen it before and uh, we, we know what to do as far as helping weather a storm with a borrower. Um, so it's just nice to have that open communication. Excellent. Well, thank you, Caleb. And I, before we leave, I want to give you a chance real quickly. If people want to work with you, someone's listening is like, oh, man, I want to work with Caleb Bank of Idaho. If they have that ability, how can they find out more about Bank of Idaho? Where can they go? Um, how can they get in touch with either you or someone that, you know, could help them? Sure. Um, you know, a, a great way. Our website has pictures of all of our loan officers. I kind of like that because then you get to get to see what they look like what their backgrounds are, what their hobbies are. You can kind of get to know them a little bit. So uh, bankofidaho.com. My cell phone, I'll give you my personal cell phone. I love to take calls from folks, even if I can just be a resource and I can help put you in touch with the right kind of banker, um, if that's what you're in need of or, or whatever else for that matter, um, is 208-716-3829. Of course, leave a cell, a voicemail if I don't answer you and I will get back. And, uh, and, and happy just to, again, be a resource. There's a lot of banks out there, but you ought to be able to go in um, to a bank confident that you'll have a good experience. Even if they don't give you the yes that you're looking for, we still ought to be a resource for you to ultimately get you to yes, if you're not quite there yet, um, is, would be my goal. So thank you again for your time. Yeah, thank you, Caleb. This has been fantastic. We want to thank Caleb for being on the episode today. Again, I apologize. We went long, but I felt that we needed to cover all of these different aspects of business banking, not just the depository side and the day-to-day -day activities, but also the commercial side. And I think I think we covered that. We went over some great stuff today, Caleb. It's been a pleasure to have you on the episode today. And so I would encourage everyone, if you know, if you have questions, you know, Caleb gave you his number, reach out to him or reach out to your banker. If you heard something today that you're like, man, I, I need to talk to my banker about this. I need to communicate this. Go and talk to them. Make sure you are getting the best service possible from, you, from your banker and from your bank. That is the most important thing. They are there to serve you. Uh, they are there to help you be successful. So make sure you're using them as that resource. And so I'm going to wrap it up. We've ran long, guys. Appreciate it. Again, check us out on our Facebook and our Instagram pages at Ascent101.com. That's where you can find us on our website and on our uh, social media platforms. It's just Ascent101. Go check it out there. So I want to 
thank Caleb again. And until next time, everyone, we want to wish you all the success possible in your entrepreneurial journey. 